Welcome to Live Well with Southwell. Southwell is dedicated to helping you be equipped with the best tools and knowledge to make sure you and your family live a healthy life. Live Well with Southwell features interviews with experts across many areas of healthcare and wellness. We hope you enjoy listening and most importantly, living well. Hi everyone, I'm your host Liza Tillman and today we are talking with Dr. Ryan Burns, who is a chiropractor with Southwell Chiropractic Services. You might remember that we recently spoke about chiropractic care with his partner, Dr. Josh Pridemore. Dr. Burns is here today to give us a little insight into the role that proper nutrition can play in overall wellness, as well as giving you even better results from your chiropractic care. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Burns. Thanks for having me. So let's get started by getting to know you a little better like we always do. So can you tell us where you're from and a little bit about your family? Absolutely. Um, so I was born in Miami, actually, uh-huh. in South Florida, and uh, lived in Southwest Florida until I was um, about 12, and then we moved to North Carolina, mm-hmm. went to middle school and high school in North Carolina. I went to college in a small school in the mountains of North Carolina called Lee's McRae. Okay. And then I went to chiropractic school from there in mm-hmm. Daytona. And um, I married a girl from Tifton, so now I live in Tifton. So mm-hmm. kind of been around the Southeast, but we've been here for about uh, just over 10 years now. Okay. And how many kids do you have? I have, um, I'm married to Claire Slocum, former Slocum. Now she's mm-hmm. Claire Burns. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also works here at Tish Regional or at Southwell now. Yes, but, um, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, we have three children. Um, we have a uh, uh, my uh, oldest son is 16, Davis, and I have a 10-year-old daughter named Stella and a 5-year-old son named Brady. And Stella got a little notoriety when she played, when she sang. Stella's a social media star. Yeah, she is. Yeah, you should have interviewed her, honestly. <laughs> I so. know. We should bring her in next time, but she did such a great job. What song did she sing? Remind me again. Uh, Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. And yeah. you played the guitar. I did, right? yeah. That we, was uh, an awesome We video. love playing music around our house, especially when things seem kind of dark right now like they are yeah. right now. <laughs> it's good Absolutely. To, good to have some pick-me-ups with music yeah. every once in a while. So. Well, that was one of my favorite things that I've seen this whole time, yeah. so way to go for her. Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. So can you remind everyone where your practice is located? Yes, I am on the second floor of the new musculoskeletal uh, building uh, right next to Affinity. Um, okay. So we're on the same floor as uh, arthritis, neurology, and pain management. So we talked with Dr. Pride more about how that's really convenient for your patients if they need to get referred somewhere else or... It's been really helpful and also just for second opinions. And, you know, if you aren't sure about an image, we have multiple providers that have seen a lot of patients and can provide some insight. So it's the the teamwork approach has been really valuable for both my, um, you know, kind of uh, getting better at my craft and improving what I do, but also with just patient care and making sure they have access to the right physician at the right time. Mm -hmm. So. So now that we know a little bit more about you, let's get started with our topic today. Uh, can you tell us what role proper nutrition plays in chiropractic care? Yeah, so I think when you deal with chiropractic care, I know Josh probably spoke on this at length in the mm-hmm. last podcast, but we basically deal with conservative means to get people out of pain. Sure. People don't realize this, but a large portion of our chiropractic training is actually clinical nutrition. We have over under, uh, over 100 hours of clinical nutrition oh, in wow. our, our no. schooling. I actually studied under one of the, the most renowned clinical nutritionists in, in the world, in my opinion. He's been published by several Harvard Medical Journal articles, and oh. same as Dr. David Seaman, and he uh, was kind of one of the pioneers of what is now known as the paleo or the anti-inflammatory diet. Okay. So that's kind of where I was indoctrinated, so to speak. Um, But that's kind of where I learned most of of what I promote in practice today. And the the underlying kind of message we try to tell patients is we try to use any means we can to get people better. That doesn't involve medications or surgery because obviously we're not licensed Mm -hmm. to do those things. So we're trying to use everything that has some evidence to back it that Mm -hmm. shows that it works and is helpful for patients, but it's something they can incorporate just in their own day-to-day lives, whether that's 
that's exercise, nutrition, or, or you know, um, uh, even stretches, those types of things. So ex- obviously nutrition is a big part of, of what people can do on their own. Right. Uh, and we try to just empower them with the knowledge of how what they eat affects their pain levels and how changing what they eat can help, what they eat can help alter the amount of pain that they have. Mm-hmm. So that's how it kind of fits into the chiropractic philosophy and how we try to um, employ that in practice. Okay. Do you offer nutrition counseling at Southworld Chiropractic? I think nutrition counseling is probably the wrong way to, to, to describe it. I mean, I think nutrition itself kind of has a negative connotation a lot of times. Yeah. We hear that word and we immediately think diet right. or we think like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to you know, change this or that and, yeah. or I'm going to have to starve myself mm-hmm. or you know, it's going to be really hard, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes there are some hard changes that people have to make, but I think my job is just to kind of tell them that what your mom told you growing up, which is you are what yeah. you eat, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that what you eat can definitely affect the way you feel. Mm-hmm. and the amount of pain that you have. So we definitely do offer kind of, I guess, counseling in a way or, or more just, you know, education on mm-hmm. how what we eat definitely right. affects the amount of pain we have and how we feel. And I, I think that getting people away from that dietary mindset of mm-hmm. like, oh, I've got to do this for this amount of time and into right. more of a lifestyle. Like, okay, yeah. so if I understand what I eat, if I learn how to read food labels, if mm-hmm. I understand why I need to change what I eat and how that's going to affect my overall health, how that will maybe play into them not only being out of pain and feeling better, but also motivated and encouraged to continue with it long after they've stopped seeing me. Yeah. So. Wow. I, I, like you said, I never would have associated nutrition with chiropractic care. But when you say it like that, when it's not just a restrictive diet that you can't eat this, you can't eat that, you're trying to tell people what the good things are to eat and what will help you, right? Yeah, one of my favorite authors on nutrition is a guy named Michael Pollan, and I'm not sure what his credentials are, but he's uh, obviously an expert in nutrition right. in some capacity, and um, he wrote a book called In Defense of Food. It's a, a very helpful book in a lot of ways, not exactly the same nutritional philosophy that I, that I you know recommend, but it's very similar, and yeah. one of his quotes that I tell patients is, is I, we kind of narrow it down to three basic points is eat food. Mm-hmm. And we have to define what food is because a lot of what we're putting in our bodies isn't actually real food. Right. And don't eat too much mm-hmm. and eat mostly plants. And those are the kind of the three, three rules that I, that I give patients and our th- three recommendations I give them. Mm-hmm. I think we, there's so many restrictive diets out there and so yes. much, so much chaos. You look at the ketogenic diet or, um, you know, there's, there's like a special K diet where y'all eat special K cereal for a while. And <laughs> there's all these different fads and diets yeah. out there. And I think our, my nutritional philosophy is let's eat what God put on this earth mm-hmm. to give us as actual food. Let's make that the staple of our diet. Let's mm-hmm. make that most of our diet mm-hmm. and let's limit what we eat outside of that. That is more processed and more, um, you know, kind of more man-made and, and more engineered. And yeah, I think once we do that, once we kind of change our philosophy on what food actually is, rather than just a satisfaction for cravings at a certain time of the day, mm-hmm. but actually fuel to keep our bodies going, mm-hmm. uh, if we can kind of ingrain that into the way we treat food, it can radically change the way we eat. And it takes about, you know, two months, I tell patients, to okay. do that. We often underestimate how addictive food is, yeah. first of all. You know, they've done a lot of studies on this, but they found sugar to be as addictive as heroin in a lot of studies with Oof. rats. So sugar is obviously a very <laughs> addictive addictive food. Yeah. Uh, and also the emotional attachment people have to food. Food is one of the most common things that people say they go to when they're down, mm-hmm. when they're depressed. Yeah. Um, and ironically, much like other substance abuses, when we engage in overeating or eating too much food and we're upset, it only makes the depression and anxiety worse. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, I think that you know, we try to be compassionate about it and kind of understand that everybody's coming from a different angle when it yeah. comes to how, what the decisions they make nutritionally. Mm-hmm. Also aware of our region. This is kind of a, yeah. a funny story, <laughs> but I, when I first moved here, I was, you know, fresh out of school mm-hmm. on, a, on a crusade really to get yes. people to eat better. Uh-huh. Like I was, I was going to change <laughs> the world and, mm-hmm. and get people healthier, you know, and I did a talk at a local uh, civic club. I can't mm-hmm. remember which one exactly, but, um, I, I made a derogatory comment about peanuts and peanuts oh. aren't exactly the, the healthiest of the nuts. Right. You know, and uh, this, I probably shouldn't say anything more derogatory about the peanut on this podcast, but I was promoting the health benefits of almonds versus the peanut. And uh, I left there. I didn't think much of it. Within a week, I had a box from the National Peanut Commission, which oh. it turns out is located in Tifton, Georgia, yes. which I didn't know. And uh, it was basically just a letter reminding me to be aware of how much the peanut plays in the local economy, the part the peanut plays in the local economy. Wow. And uh, they, they gave me a bunch of peanut flour and peanut brittle. And there was a box full of peanut goods. So I appreciate the, the That's very kind. Yeah, so I've learned to kind of also be aware that, you know, we're in a region that is not known for its, its passion for nutrition. Certainly so speak, not. You know, yeah. uh, there's something to be said for Southern hospitality. And mm-hmm. I've noticed when people get sick or, or someone passes away here, mm-hmm. the knee jerk reaction from the community is to bring your house, just to bring you a bunch of good tasting food, you more know? food than you can possibly ever yeah, consume on your own. And yes. it's just, and that's, you know, people are so thoughtful and they mean well. Yeah, and yeah. So I try to keep that in mind too. And I, I try to give patients like little pointers they can use. Mm-hmm. So I always tell them, listen, if you want to make a small change, just take one meal per day and eat this way. And then if you feel yeah. better, yeah, take two meals per day and eat this way. And if you want to stay there, that's fine. But if you yeah. feel better and you want to keep feeling better, then try to do it the whole day and do that for five or six days a week. You know, so um, there are simple steps you can take and it doesn't have to be as overwhelming or as stressful as people make it out to be. Yeah. So. Like you said, there's so many diets and so many, so yeah. many things that you can just search for and, and find it and sure. it can be very overwhelming. And it's nice to hear that it doesn't have to be this all or nothing yeah, thing. Sure. Um, absolutely. So what role does inflammation play in chiropractic care and what can we eat to reduce inflammation? Well, obviously pain is, is generated largely by inflammation for the most part, especially acute pain. So inflammation, everybody hears that term. We talk about it a lot because we all take anti-inflammatories or there's mm-hmm. all these different itises that are health conditions that we wonder what yeah. exactly that means. What does that mean we have inflammation? Well, I think we can kind of separate inflammation in two different categories. You have acute inflammation, you have chronic inflammation. Okay. Acute inflammation is normal. You sprain your ankle, you hurt your back, you'll have some swelling, some tightness, some tenderness there. That's just kind of the, the body telling you something is wrong. Your brain telling you something is wrong, something needs to be rested, we need to heal, right? Mm Chronic inflammation is where we run into long-term problems. And uh, chronic inflammation is when the inflammatory process does not generate any healing, but actually starts to begin to cause tissue damage. So we've, you know, for instance, the, the top 10 deaths, uh, causes for death in our country, um, only one is not inflammatory in some way, and that's auto accidents. Wow. So every other top 10 cause of death from cancer, heart disease, IVs, uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, those types of dementias, those can all be triggered or they can be um, accelerated by inflammatory processes. Uh, so pain is one of the most common things that we see as chiropractors, obviously. Um, people that have higher levels of, of pain, obviously, are going to have more levels of inflammation. So one of the things I tell them is, you know, what you put into your body can help that expression of inflammation. And as far as what to eat to reduce that, uh, we try to keep it really simple. Um, I think that 80, 80 to 90% of your diet should be a fruit, a vegetable, a lean meat, 
or a raw nut or seed. That should be the majority of your diet. Okay. Outside of that, you like to eat cheese, eat some cheese in moderation. You like to eat some bread, eat some bread in moderation. Mm-hmm. But 90% of your diet, 80, 80 to 90% of the calories you put into your body should be one of those four categories, a lean meat, a fruit or vegetable, or a raw nut or seed. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's, um, it's Again, it sounds overwhelming if you're yeah. used to eating a lot of bread and pasta, but... And that's the thing is I think people are just, they, they, they literally eat, they wake up, they eat cereal, they'll eat a sandwich yeah. at lunch, mm-hmm. they eat pasta for dinner, and it's just kind of a grain influx. Yeah. And then we eat sugary snacks throughout the day, and, mm-hmm. and sugars we know can, can really generate a lot of inflammation. But uh, not to bore you with too much uh, you know, biochemistry, but uh-huh. there's something called an omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acid ratio. Mm-hmm. And um, you know omega-3s, everyone's heard of that, like fish oil, those types yeah. of things. And they're promoted as being healthy because they're anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Well, omega-6s are known to drive, you know, inflammatory processes. So let's take pain, for instance. We all take um, Advil or ibuprofen Mm -hmm. if we're hurting, which is an anti-inflammatory. And those medications uh, inhibit uh, an inflammatory mediator called COX-2. They're called COX-2 inhibitors. Uh, COX-2 is one of the inflammatory mediators that irritates our nerve endings that tells our brain that we're actually experiencing pain, right? So omega-6 fatty acids can help... uh, in a more readily uh, quick fashion can uh, start to create more of those, those COX-2 mm-hmm. inflammatory mediators. So if you want to reduce the COX-2 formation, you have to eat less omega-6s, right? Mm-hmm. So historically, um, Americans, uh, you know, before this, this kind of, I guess we started mass producing food, right. the omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acid ratio was around one to one. It was one to one, you know, maybe, maybe two to one, three to one. Mm-hmm. When we get to four to one, based on some current evidence, if you have four omega-6 fatty acids for every, fatty acids for every one omega-3 fatty acids, mm-hmm. you start to run the risk of developing chronic diseases and illnesses and pain being one of those. The average American right now is at 24 to one. So for every one omega-3, we have 24 omega-6 fatty acids. Wow. And we know that those omega-6 fatty acids are, are produced in a much quicker fashion again when we uh, consume you know, grains, uh, a lot of the unfortunately, the vegetable oils that everybody loves, the uh, fried foods, those types of things, you know, um, that's when our body really can produce a lot more of those omega-6s and that generates pain long-term. And I think it's important to understand that most disease processes run a very similar course. Um, What changes is the inflammatory mediator involved, the specific driver of that specific inflammation. And then also um, just genetics, you know, we all have different genes that are, Mm -hmm. and Unfortunately, sometimes we can't overpower those genetics. We've all heard stories of people that eat right and work out and, you know, do yeah. the, the, what they're supposed to, and they wind up with some type of cancer or some type of, of chronic illness. So mm-hmm. sometimes genetic predisposition is, is tough to overpower. Um, but oftentimes, I think from a lifestyle standpoint, you can prolong or prevent mm-hmm. some of those illnesses based on just what you what you eat in a lot of ways. And that doesn't mean you can just throw in the towel because you say, oh, I've got bad genes. It's going to happen anyway. And <laughs> That's I hear not that, a good perspective, I right? I hear that so much. And I think yeah. people, my, my dad had a bad back. My mom had a bad back. So it's just, you know, this is kind of what it is. And right. kind of rewiring those those circuits in the brain to where you can actually alter the way you feel based on your yeah. behavior is, is definitely challenging sometimes. Would you so. say it's never too late to, to try to re-alter that? You know, I, mean, I don't think it's ever too late. I have patients that are well into their, their seventies or eighties that, yeah. that have changed their diet and have responded really well that have, you know, stopped eating foods that are driving inflammation for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, as far as, and I also think it's important. And I tell a lot of my patients, they, they're like, can I just, 
can I kind of do this halfway? Can I like yeah. not do this? <laughs> and I, be all in. Yeah, and, and I think that's fine. I, yeah. I choose to, um, you know, I, I have a system that works pretty well for me. Like Monday through Friday at lunch, I pretty much eat really strict this way, kind of make sure that what I'm putting into my body is helping to lower inflammation. Uh, and then on the weekends, I, I kind of eat what I want. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, you find that once you kind of get started eating this way, you don't yeah. want to go off the rails too much on the weekends. Right. You know, and you, you just enjoy feeling good. Um, I mean, I'm not quite as strict about what I put into my body. If I want to eat some fried chicken wings, I make some fried chicken wings on the weekends. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not always, it, it doesn't always have to be, you know, all or nothing. But yeah, to answer your question, there are a multitude of ways of lowering inflammation. We've seen that through the literature over the years. And nutrition is one of those ways. Exercise is, you know, mm-hmm. an unbelievably effective way to lower inflammatory changes, uh, stress relief activities, uh, meditation, yoga, praying, all those have been shown to lower inflammation. So I certainly think that that, you know, nutrition is a cog in the wheel, so to speak, and it's an important one, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, you know, you don't have to overwhelm yourself with all these changes you have to make. And yeah. life is stressful enough, man. It is, Anxiety yeah. <laughs> is, I mean, everybody is anxious and, right. and you know, we're, we're all kind of on edge because of the craziness of the world. And yeah. so the last thing I want to do with my patients is add one more stressor. Mm-hmm. But if I can just kind of click that light bulb in their yeah. head that, Maybe they haven't thought about the way what they're eating. Like you can actually eat your pain. And if wow. I change what I eat, that I'll, I'll have less pain. If we can uh, turn that on, sometimes it's really effective. So. Yeah. so what results have your patients seen when they've adjusted their diets? Um, it takes a while. You know, it takes yeah. uh, four to six weeks. But the majority of them who have actually you know, gotten serious about changing their diets have seen uh, a marked improvement in their energy levels and um, the amount of pain they're feeling. Uh and also, I think there is something to be said for just achievement and self-control. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think food is something that, you know, uh, this is something that I, I think we're all addicted to food. I think we're all addicted yeah. to to good tasting food. There's a reason that, you know, commercials showing big juicy hamburgers are so effective right. is because we all love the big juicy hamburger. Unless we're vegetarians, then we have the impossible burger we can right. love, right? <laughs> Looks um, the same. <laughs> so I think that, uh, you know, the... Uh, I always liken it to if if you were an alcoholic and you came home every night and someone had a few beers and a bottle of scotch on your table, it'd be really, it'd be a lot harder to continue to to, to avoid right. drinking, right? Um, so food is everywhere, and yeah. since we're all addicted to it, we have to constantly make good decisions on what we put into our body and not eating the food that we shouldn't. And so I think uh, after, like I said, it takes about two months based on some current research on on habit on changing habits. Uh, but once you get there, it's amazing. I think that people are able to kind of feel like they conquered something that was holding them back Mm -hmm. and either their fitness levels or their energy levels or even their pain. Mm -hmm. Um, So the patients that really, I have yet, this is, I mean, I've been in practice for 11 years. I've yet to see someone who actually has taken me seriously when it comes to nutrition and has implemented what we advise them to do that hasn't come back to me and said, I'm so thankful that I listened to what you said to do. It's changed, it's changed the way I view food and it's really changed the way I feel. Um, And I say a very small percentage of (laughs) patients do that, (laughs) but is that those patients that kind of keep me passionate about continuing to spread this message, right? Yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah. Well, it's so interesting to me that you could come to your chiropractor and learn all this information about nutrition. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for saying that. We we try to, like I said, just approach every angle that we can. If we try to take a very holistic approach, because if we're not dealing with nutrition, if we're not dealing with exercise, if we're not dealing with lifestyle stuff, then we may be missing a central component as to why the patient's hurting. Um, so, um, yeah. And, and, you know, the, in, in summary, I think that, um, we, uh, as chiropractors, a lot of times people don't know what to expect when they Mm -hmm. come to see us, you know, and, and what to, how we're going to manage their their condition but um we try josh and i at southwell to 
um, make sure that we're addressing every angle that could potentially be causing the condition and, and nutrition is obviously a big part of that. So, well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, yeah, I think I, I, I try to tell patients just not to be discouraged. A lot of times yeah. people hear this and they really start freaking out like, right. Oh my gosh, I've got to change. Just mm-hmm. take it baby steps. Don't be discouraged. Last thing we need is one more thing to stress out about. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's a lot of ways you can already decrease stress. If you're smoking, don't, don't smoke, mm-hmm. exercise, um, yeah. increase your you know sleep habits. There's a lot of different ways that you can really affect inflammation levels. This is just kind of one way that we, we think is, is effective. I like to just kind of dispel a, a few myths that mm-hmm. I think that people tell me are, the reason, are some of their obstacles for eating, eating right. And one of the first ones is I can't afford it. There are, I, I do a, a, a talk every year at the Y and the mm-hmm. first of the year, it's eating right on a budget. And we talk about how to do this on a budget. I think that using warehouses like Costco and Sam's is really mm-hmm. helpful. You can usually buy in bulk and they're less expensive than if you were to buy them every week at the grocery store. In general, fruits and vegetables, if you especially if you buy, you buy the ones that are in season and on sale, yeah. aren't that expensive. And if you look at the price per calorie, it's really not that much different. Um, that's the first thing is that you can figure out ways to do it. And if you ever need help with this, feel free to email me. Um, my email is ryan.burns at uh, tiffregional.com. Mm-hmm. Feel free to always email me and I'll be happy to, to uh, you know, help you out with some tips to do that. Um, learning what to buy at the grocery store and what to eat at the rest- at restaurants is mm-hmm. kind of the first thing you want to do. The second is that, I, you know, you have to eat organic to eat healthy. And this is one oh, of the yeah. most common. Um, I think if, you, if you're if you a multimillionaire and, mm-hmm. and money's not an issue, yeah. I think eating organic foods would probably be advantageous. Uh, there's something about, you know, maybe some of the pesticides and all that. I'm not an expert on it, but it mm-hmm. makes sense. Like it'd be more natural or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that this is what I tell my patients, that a non-organic apple is always going to be more, is always going to be healthier than a bag of Cheetos, right? So like there, <laughs> <Yeah>. there's, <laughs> there's ways that we have to mm-hmm. kind of put it into perspective. Right. And, uh, I, I wouldn't stress myself out about constantly eating organic food. I think there's, again, there's a lot of different ways to uh, affect inflammation. Um, and lastly, the, the most common myth I hear is, well, let's, let's, you know, um, uh, eat in moderation, you know, or let's, you know, do mm-hmm. this in moderation or, uh, you know, I kind of eat what I want, but I just try to, and those are, that's important. I'm not saying it's not, mm-hmm. but being aware that some foods are literally engineered to make it impossible for you to eat in moderation is important too. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason that things Doritos, their catch line is, I bet you can't eat just one or it was for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Like those, those foods are, they're engineered to, to make, the, to make your body really want them and your brain to love what it's tasting. So, um, sometimes I think there are some foods that it's best to just be like during the week or set some boundaries for yourself saying, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to eat that. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really interesting study on that a while back. They call it the pig study and they, they fed two different groups of pigs. One group they fed kind of more of an anti-inflammatory diet. The other group they fed a bunch of the processed grains and sugars and those types of things. And, uh, the, pigs that ate the processed grains and sugars actually ate 40% more calories than the pigs who just ate the anti-inflammatory foods. And so we know those foods are going to trigger our brain to eat more even after we're full. And so one of the things about the anti-inflammatory diet is you'll find it's very difficult to overeat because you stop eating once you're, once you're, once you're full Mm -hmm. because your body's not craving as much of, of the, of the the nutrient or the, um, the food composition that you're putting into it. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, it's a process, though. You know. It sounds magical. Just yeah. eat your anti-inflammatory <laughs> foods, and, and you'll yeah, stop just, eating, right? just lay off. I tell people to stay on the outside of the grocery store. The inside is where you get in trouble. Stay that's on the right. outer edge. You know, the meat mm-hmm. section, the fruits and vegetables, even some of the dairy, the meat and cheeses. Uh, the cheeses. That's that's not too um, too inflammatory. But try to stay. Avoid the 
the, the Oreos and the I know <laughs> the just, chips, just the good keep stuff, looking, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, stay on the outside of the grocery aisle. Well, so. and I think we're surrounded by, it's interesting, we're surrounded by so many farmers yeah. where we are. Oh, that's the and other thing here. And is it's so yeah. hard to get fresh produce that's affordable. Yeah, the, um, like. the, the farmer's market here is great. You yeah. can always get some mm-hmm. decent, and I know um, uh, this is a, a shameless plug, but um, uh, uh, Bill Brim's a farmer here, mm-hmm. um, and uh, his granddaughter is actually our, na- our, our nanny. She watches our kids. But um, he has his farm has a, um, uh, a box, a fresh produce box yes. that you can get mm-hmm. uh, here locally. Um, and uh, that, that's a fantastic option, you know, and, and there's it's very affordable. There's mm-hmm. all kind of ways that you can, I mean, you look at, you know, a lot of gas stations here, they have, you know, there's one right yeah. here at the, about the hospital that's, mm-hmm. or by, by my office rather, that's a guy's got a little, little stand, you know, that yeah. sells produce. So there's, there's ways to do it affordably for sure. And again, getting what's in season is important yeah. because if you, you know, are trying to get, you know, strawberries and out of season, obviously they're gonna be more expensive, but mm-hmm. you know, between now and March, strawberries have been very affordable. So understanding right. what's in season and um, taking advantage of the local produce and growing your own. It's not, I mean, it's really, yeah. uh, my daughter and I started doing a garden a couple of years ago. We've grown tomatoes and cantaloupe and we grow all our spices like basil and wow. um, cilantro and this year we grew strawberries for the first time mm-hmm. um, and uh, my, my buddy Ryan Rutland's a farmer here and he uh-huh. he, uh, <laughs> he helped me out with some plants and he's our he's my consultant when I, yeah. <laughs> when I need some help to I, yeah. I learn how to grow stuff so um, yeah we've uh, we've really enjoyed doing that growing your own produce is an awesome way to make sure that what you're eating is you know natural and you know, you organic yeah. if you want right. and also uh you know uh, uh, affordable yeah. obviously so so what supplements do you recommend to your patients to assist with overall health bone health pain things like that yeah i get asked this question on a daily basis i'd mm-hmm. say in practice and um I think it's sometimes discouraging because people, we live in such a culture of immediate gratification and uh, quick fixes that mm-hmm. people don't realize that nutrition changes can be overwhelming because it's going to take a while. Right. And supplementation is very similar. We want to take a supplement and two days later feel better. And all the evidence shows that it's got to, it's, you got to take it for four to six weeks to feel even the remotest of benefit yeah. from that supplement. So I think that first of all, I try to educate them on there is no quick fix, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. there's nothing you're going to take that's going to take this away and any magic pill or any type of you know, supplement on that you see on TV ad for that's supposed to be a quick fix. It's just not really going to be the case. Uh, but I also try to be careful not to ruin the placebo effect for them if they are taking something and they feel a lot better. Um, because if they have been taking something for two days and they're like, this is amazing and it's really helping. I'm like, well, keep taking it. It's obviously yeah, working. Yeah, you know? don't so, stop. <laughs> exactly. But as far as just kind of a, in a, on a, a cookie cutter, what I think most people need, um, I think the majority of our jobs are inside and there is yeah. a vitamin D deficiency, like a, a pandemic, literally there's, there is, um, or I guess an epidemic would be a better word for it, but there's, there is, um, a, a widespread vitamin D deficiencies. And I think it's because all of our jobs are inside and vitamin D deficiency has been linked to chronic pain in several studies, uh, they did a study a while back and they found that almost 75% of patients who had been diagnosed with fibromyalgia were also vitamin D deficiency deficient. So, wow. Vitamin D is probably the most important one. It's cheap, it's easy to take, and right. there's very little toxicity. So there's no real risk taking it. Mm-hmm. It's not very expensive. It's just something that I think everybody should take for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, magnesium is another one that we can't really get dietarily. Um, I think this probably has to do, I'm not real sure on this, but I th- it seems like I remember um, somewhere along the line learning that because of the mass production of food, there's not as many of the micronutrients in some yeah. of our food that we eat. And I think magnesium is probably one of those uh, micronutrients. And it's, again, it's very easy to take. It's been linked to migraines and headaches and some a lack of 
magnesium has been linked to migraines and headaches in some studies. And um, it can cause some gastrointestinal problems in some patients. So it's something we kind of trial to see if they do well with it. And if they don't, we obviously recommend uh, something else. But um, so vitamin D and magnesium are probably the two most common that I recommend. Um, outside of that, uh, again, the omega-3s have been known to decrease inflammation. And uh, there's, you know, Basic fish oil, something called EPA DHA, uh, is a, a, a pretty helpful anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acid. You have krill oil. A lot of patients ask me about that. Um, and then flaxseed oil. All those can, mm-hmm. can help. They're kind of similar in their, their composition. They can help lower inflammation. Um, there's been some really helpful evidence on turmeric, which is a spice for inflammation. And uh, it's a very powerful COX-2 inhibitor, much like um, the NSAIDs we were talking about earlier. Um, so I, I do recommend turmeric for a lot of my patients. Um, we were discussing calcium yeah. via email a little bit earlier yeah. today. And, and uh, calcium is somewhat controversial. There's been okay. some studies done on it. And they found that it does help to decrease osteoporosis and improve bone mineralization. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it's also been linked to an increase in uh, cardiovascular uh, disease. Ooh. And also, uh, you know, the kidney stones. And nobody likes kidney stones. No, so, no, no. <laughs> uh, due to that, I, I'm kind of hesitant. I, I, I have to kind of get more of the patient's history and, sure. and define it. Yeah. And I, often I'll just leave that to their um, to their internist, honestly, or their okay. family physician, because it's they know a lot more about their health history when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, also th- there's been a couple studies that have shown if you get um, – calcium through dietary means that it's much more effective anyway. So again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but green leafy <laughs> vegetables and uh, almonds are the two, the two most common uh, areas that we, that I recommend for calcium. So, so I think everybody thinks of milk and cheese for calcium. Yeah. And per calorie, you're probably yeah. going to get a little bit more uh-huh. um, in milk and cheese, uh, but milk and cheese uh, can drive, dairy products can be somewhat inflammatory. Right, so yeah. I'd recommend it consuming those in moderation. And, uh, Per serving size, you're going to get more um, calcium, for instance, from the almond from almonds than you are from milk per cup. Uh, but obviously, from a caloric standpoint, which people are often kind of worried about calorie sure. consumption, you're going to get more in milk. Um, but I just I tell patients if you eat cheese in moderation and you eat a lot of green leafy vegetables. Mm-hmm kale, turnip greens, collard greens, even spinach to a lesser degree, um, and eat Brazil nuts and almonds and, and the healthier nuts. You can eat some peanuts. If a you little want. Of peanuts <laughs> can be in there. Don't, um, don't knock those. <laughs> and, uh, the peanuts I want to clarify too. I think that raw peanuts and, and, and yeah. uh, dry roasted peanuts are actually not a terrible option for you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we look for in the nut is the ratio of omega six to omega three fatty acids like we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. Yeah. And the peanuts is just kind of a little bit, you know, I think it's like 12 to one before you add the unhealthy oils. And then when it's, when they're cooked, the cocktail peanuts, the ones that everybody loves that taste yeah, so the, good, the best, yeah. they're kind of caked in more of the, those oils right. and those get up to 50 or 60 to one. So it's just really a skewed, um, omega six to omega three fatty acid ratio. But if you want to eat some, some raw or dry roasted peanuts, that's, that's, that's boiled peanuts. Those acceptable. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. I good. love boiled peanuts. That's good. That's, that's when good I know it's hear. fall is when my wife's in the kitchen yeah. cooking boiled peanuts. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, definitely, uh, those in college football games and <laughs> playing the yard with the kids is like when I know it's fall. That's I'm right. trying to cover up what I just said with my wife being in the kitchen because that- I, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, we well, can't keep, get you in trouble here with keep, peanuts let's and your just wife. Let's keep going, no. okay? Yeah. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. Well, I was going to, while we were talking about supplements, um, I've heard a lot about collagen. 
Mm-hmm. Um, do you know much about collagen? Does have a recommendation for that or? Yeah, I think there are a lot of supplements out there that, um, that kind of promote collagen re- repair. And just mm-hmm. to be honest with you, my expertise lies in, in anti-inflammatory uh, okay. supplements, how okay. to decrease inflammation. I'm not, I know there's been some really interesting evidence on, um, some stem cells to kind of generate mm-hmm. college, um, collagen growth. Uh, but I, I just do not, I know there's, there's one, um, I believe glucosamine chondroitin and glucosamine sulfate can help promote uh, cartilage tissue uh, regrowth. Um, and I do recommend it in some of my patients with osteoarthritis at the knee. Right, yeah. They found, they've, they've done a couple studies on glucosamine uh, sulfate um, on uh, producing knee pain mm-hmm. due to osteoarthritis. And I do have some mixed results with that. It seems yeah. to help. But um yeah, again, I think supplementation is just such a billion-dollar industry, and yeah. it's based on the premise that there is an easy fix to your health issues, mm-hmm. and I just haven't seen that to be the case majority of the time in private right. practice. So I kind of in practice, so I kind of look at supplementation as a um, uh, another smaller cog in the wheel, mm-hmm. just a like, tool, right? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, nutrition, exercise, lifestyle changes are obviously um, you know kind of the the, the big things we want to, we want to gather and, and try to consolidate when we're dealing with patients, um, in a conservative way, but then it, I was adding some supplementation if, if we think they can, they can help them. You know? yeah. Um, so, but it's not, uh, one of the staples, I guess. That's okay. put it. To learn more about Dr. Burns or to schedule an appointment with him at Southwell Chiropractic, you can call his office at 229-353-2025. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Burns. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live Well with Southwell. If you have a question for a healthcare expert or a topic you'd like us to discuss, send an email to info at myselfwell.com. Until next time, live well.